Hi everyone. Um, welcome to the Naked Vocalist episode twelve. Is who's, that, it, who's he? Is that is that it? Ruined it. What else have I got to say? Ruined it. Say here's the music. Here's the music. Thank you. All the while, searching hard for identity that she's not. But girl, I like your business. I like your business, girl. I like your business. What? Well, I hope you liked that ditty. That was uh, a lady called Chloe Charles. What do you think? I think it's brilliant. I think I, I love her vibe. I think she, it's kind of quirky. It's it's it sounds authentic. Yes. Do you it's, know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I saw her at um I went to see Naturally Seven. Oh yeah. The Harley <clears> Band. <throat> and uh they were phenomenal anyway, but they sing they sing some originals and a bunch of covers, but in Southampton she was their support for their next I think it was five dates. And she had um a guitar I know she had a she played guitar and she had a a, a pianist and a fiddle player. And Ace. that was it. Well, so that's like the fully produced album. That album's called Break the Balance. And so um, so the first taster I got was that wonderful acoustic. Even the fiddle player was playing some pizzicato stuff, like some plucking stuff. Um, and he even played the sort of the guitar part to Wicked Game. They did a cover of Wicked Game by awesome. Chris Isaac. Yeah, Chris Isaac, yeah. So, uh, so she was phenomenal. Um, she looked lovely as well, Did I'd she? like to add. Did she? Yeah. And uh, I what was she wearing? She was wearing a, a black dress with a black sash on the waist. No one liked a black dress, do they? No. Um, and she, uh, yeah, she was out in the break, so I went and I went and bought her album, mm. and uh, had a short chat with her. Mm. So when you when you meeting? Uh, I did. I did tell her I loved her. Probably, did, that, did that ruin it? It kind of ruined it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> She's still stuck in my desk. <laughs> and then told you to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then called security. <laughs> but, um, but no, uh, I, I chatted her, to her about our podcast and I was like, I love your music. Mm. Um, would you mind uh, if I told the world about it? So, so here she is on the podcast. ChloeCharles.com. Uh, you can find her there. But that album, Break the Balance, is on iTunes. Um, the other thing that we hoped you liked at the start of the podcast was our little friend Lee. Yeah. Just popping in. <laughs> Tell everyone who Lee is. So Lee is somebody that we we have to kind of we we have to spend time with from time to time. It's it's forced. No one really likes him. It was a business proposition ten years ago mm. that is still going. So he's in our band, The Imaginations, and uh, he's obviously a very good friend and he just popped in. And thought he would just kick off the uh, episode twelve intro for us the, at the suggestion of it. Yeah, at the suggestion of it. He was quite resistant, but as soon as the record <laughs> button started, he was like, "Right, get me in there." <laughs> Unfortunately, all chaos broke loose after we just recorded that small snippet, and he was going to come back for some more little chat about Chloe for one thing, wasn't it? But then uh, he had to leave, and so he, so what we said is actually we throw it out there to the listeners if they want more Lee <laughs> in future episodes. We're getting back in. I think I, I like him. I he like is him. available. I think maybe yeah. If we if we have um, things to talk about that need an opinion, yeah, then uh, maybe he is the perfect choice. 
I think he, yeah, he could be um, he could be the one. So yeah, let us know if you could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who knows how that's going to turn out? <laughs> um, today's episode. Before we get into it, we've got some news. But today's episode is uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's, it's a chap called Ben Maitland Lewis, and he is the CEO of a of a company called Presskit To. That's the website, and uh, his story is insane, is it not? Just yeah, just um, the experience of the guy is just ridiculous, really, isn't it? And therefore, the knowledge that he can offer us, and I mean, I don't know about you, when we were just talking to him, I would just absorb the whole time all these different stories he's got, the advice he's giving now because of you know his product that he's offering is just incredible. So that's re- it's a really great episode for anybody, and and I think that the fact that it's we base it around Presskit dot. To to yeah, Prescott.to means that it's going to initially attract artists that are trying to break their own thing. But as we've mentioned before, I'm sure like this this product can apply to anybody in the music industry. People that are doing covers, just trying to get your name out there. Such a great product. But I mean, even, even actually, he was, he talks about people, even um, actors mm. and artists use it because it's a, just a way of presenting what you do. In a really concise way, mm. with visuals and information that isn't really, that doesn't bog you down, that mm. you can embed it and send That's it. it. It's, it's almost like MySpace, but better, clearer, and does a job. Yeah, and on email. So, so it's pretty wicked. And he does have wonderful things to offer you guys in terms of discounts of his products. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can get yourself along to presskit.to to have a look. Uh, and get yourself along to our show notes um, so you can see uh, the promo codes that we'll put up there for, for getting discount at his place. Because it's great for any musician. So that, that show note episode will be at thenakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash <laughs> I'm thinking of podcast slash um, uh, nakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash 12 the number 12 and you will see you everything there you made it and, and today's notes anyway but so what's some news that you've got dude I just want to briefly just talk and it is brief about um Tempo, this I, I think I did mention it a couple of episodes ago, but it's launched now, which is awesome, and I just feel so lucky to be a part of this project, um, it, because all we've seen is benefit from it so far. So, just to cut, cut it down, Tempo is an organisation that fuses music and singing with research, um, and our, our particular programme has been built around previous research that's been done, but the best part is that we're actually doing our own. And... Um, with that research, then we can see how we can apply that in order to take it to environments where we can see developments with people with mental health conditions. Okay. And, and so, that is the, a broad spectrum of different conditions. Exactly. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, the, this, I mean, it's been open in my eyes over the past few weeks speaking to Hannah, our psychologist on the team. Uh, even the recovery model, the, the model that we've built our program around, which is this model that was pioneered by um, a lady called, I think, Rachel Perkins. She, um, this model is a model, a process to help people with mental health conditions, but it's not structured. And that was the thing that resonated with me, especially with our VIP stuff, in, in that it actually is about individuals and it's about what, where is that person at? There is no one way to help somebody. 
It's about assessing where they're at in their life, what problems they've got, and every every answer is going to be different. True. So it's really about. I mean, it's, it's well, that's um. Do you know today? Today is um, uh, Autism Awareness Day. Is it really? Today is Autism Awareness Day. Wow. Um, the day we were recording this, and uh, yeah, just looking at the information about that, there is no autistic person who has the same attributes as another the spectrum is every single one is individual in some way mm. and that's how that kind of ties in with what you're exactly. saying is that oh my god yeah this you can't have a rigid model for no. something as as broad as that and i think that's the way with anything isn't it when, when people establish or find a, a thing that needs to be fixed people just jump to that first how can we do this the best in a most efficient way? But a lot of time it doesn't work that way, does it? Uh-uh. And there can be some sort of structure, and they've they've got some guidelines, obviously. But it's about working around that, and that's what we that's what we're looking to do here. But but in terms of the music and the and the and the singing aspect, we've just, like I say we've just witnessed benefit, and that's the best part for me. Like you know, some things you do, and there's just a, there's normally a little bit of like, oh, I'm not sure about that, or that didn't quite work out. It's just it's just brilliant. Like, yeah, it's just brilliant. And so our team, we've got four people on the team mainly, or the core team, and um, that's split right down the line. There's the psychologist Hannah, um, Kim, she's a registered, registered social worker. There's Dan, you know, obviously no Dan, Dan Cooper, Dan Cooper, yeah, vocal coach, and he's had a lot of years experience in group singing situations, and obviously. I'm in it. I'm involved in this as well. I just kind of make the tease. But um, but the uh, we launched on Saturday a mental health at, no uh, a well-being festival, and Dan and I run a few this Saturday last Saturday. Oh, yeah. last Saturday. Yeah, we we Dan and I run a few workshops there, which is which is awesome. And this Friday we got a conference where there's going to be loads of industry leaders presenting. Yeah, and in fact, that Rachel Perkins, she's going to be there. And I know that Hannah, the psychologist, she's like excited, a little bit nervous about meeting her, because she's like... The rock star of the world. <laughs> yeah. So um, so we're going to be doing a little presentation there, and then a workshop, and we've got some footage and stuff that we've we've, we've made. So really, um, you know, that's it in a nutshell. Look, really excited about the future. Uh, there's, I mean, you know, mental, mental illness does affect everyone in this life. It will affect everyone, mm-hmm. whether that's directly or indirectly, right? Well, and um, depression... You know, is is in that in that realm? Yeah. And depression is, I don't know. I'm probably just picking some random fact that I made up at, out of my head, but I'm, I'm sure like depression is the most common illness in the world. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. Thought, I would have thought. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I saw a, a stat like that, or or some some kind of uh, some kind of thing that said, yeah, depression is probably the most the most common problem or illness but people don't really see it like that they just see it like oh you're just having a bad day but mm. but um yeah and and i guess your your projects still span into things like depression right yeah exactly yeah it's funny that isn't it because well, it's not funny but the you know undiagnosed well that's the point isn't it yeah like you say how many people are walking around every day and you know well, at what level does it become clinical clinical yeah, yeah true yeah yeah who knows but yeah there's no doubt about it what we do and i was just going to say that you know we have we know a lot of singers and there's a lot of singers and musicians listening to this podcast so if anybody's interested in finding out how you know what we can do to help and to engage with this kind of thing then we've got a facebook page it's facebook.com forward slash tempo wellbeing and the website's just about to be, well, it's not just about, it's still being developed, but there's going to be a lot of information put on the Facebook page. And as you say, 
everyone can kind of make a difference with this stuff because yep. with the tools that we have as singers and musicians. So um, yeah, jump on there, and there's gonna be loads of stuff thrown on. So you know, join us for the for the journey and see how it goes. That sounds awesome. Cool. God knows where that's gonna go, but it could I mean, go in so many different different directions. Really could. It's cool, isn't it? Awesome. It's exciting. Yeah. So yeah. what's going on with you anyway? Nothing really. Right. Ah! No. Well, do you know what my uh, my um, diary, my teaching diary is pretty full, so it keeps me quite busy at the moment. But however, um, recently I've been doing things that have been more um, personal endeavours. Yeah. Like I went into the studio last Friday and recorded an original song, which has gone down really well. Um, it has gone down really well. Really well. I was quite surprised. You know, yeah. I've spoke to people about it, and uh, and maybe I'll put it on the show notes or something so you guys can have a listen. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was one of the first original recordings that I've actually fully enjoyed that I quite like. Yeah, everything before it, I've been like, ah, oh, there's something about it I don't like. Maybe other people like it some way, but but yeah. So that one is is been really cool. So I've been working on that, and also I've been working on my own voice in terms of stylistic stuff yep. um, as part of my uh, part of my contribution to the vocology and practice sort of world yep. is um, is to do with style and technique mm. and so uh, something I've been looking into for quite a while is distortion um, and also looking into uh, singing musical theatre actually singing it so those those types of things I've been working researching and uh, working with coaches to Try and perfect those type of things, especially the distortion. That stuff yeah. is that stuff is blowing my mind how hard it is. But but even the stuff that I've learned from from a new avenue of research to do with what people do with the tongue. All right. And uh, one of my students, Andre, the other day, I had him in, and he's a rock singer. And whatever I can do for distortion for him, whatever I can offer in terms of information, he is loving it. Yeah. And so one week we did the Jamie Vendera stuff where it was just, you know, I just played around with some of his voice, and he was like, that works way better. And I'm like, cool, I've saved a voice on this one. You know, I've saved a scrap. Right. It was that clean cut with it, it was kind of the results. Was there, because as we know, with distortion, and you've mentioned it as well in the past, is this trial and error thing. Oh, man. That's what. That's why next to you, when you just do distortion, you you need to have a like basically a bucket of water, not to throw over yourself when you get it wrong, but you need mm. to drink so much because your voice has to be like shock absorbent. It has to be perfect, um, well warmed up. Um, it can't be tense. It can't be dehydrated. On a bad night's sleep, you're gonna ru- you're gonna ruin it. So it's mm. you've got to be perfect. So you keep water next to you and you keep a straw. Because when you screw it up, you need to reset. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, right. you need to start doing some straw exercises. So with Andre in, in, that, in that lesson, then was there an element of you know kind of getting it wrong? And, you know, mm, some, yeah, initially, little, yeah, right. but 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 very quickly in terms of like there are things, and I'm sure I'll get into this more in another episode at some point when I'm when I feel that I'm really really intrinsically knowledgeable about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, you have to feel resonance in a certain way, and you have to slow airflow down in a particular way. To get to get what feels good, um, so it is a voyage of discovery, discovery for a lot of people because people see distortion as something that's quite throaty. Mm. But when you get used to how it feels, actually, it doesn't feel like that at all. So um, again, uh, that's abstract. But but the one thing that we did with him, he needed to sing a audio slave song, and that's Chris Cornell, who's proper rough. He's a proper rough singer. And there's something that on I I said Andre should try. And it's where if you sang, but on top of your singing, you shaped your tongue like it was doing this. 
Right. Right? Yeah. Like that spitty mm. noise that gets trapped between your tongue and your yep. soft palate. Yep. He did that when he sang. I said, try this. And was it Oh incredible? my God, honestly. It, it was just, uh, it was shocking. It was... <laughs> Shocking. But it was ace. Like he was really, like yeah. he just you know when he come off the back of it, he was like, I need to practice this, right? Because <laughs> it was like, whoa. Even I was like, I was sat back in my chair, well, like I was just that. sinking into the ground, going, Andre, that was ridiculous. It was so noisy. Um, it was perfect distortion, and uh, and it had several. It was polyphonic. It had right. several different harmonics in it that stuck out so much. I'm like, I don't even know which note you're singing. It could be that one or the one with the octave above it. It was just, it was just weird. Yeah, great. But he loved it, and that's perfect for his rock singing. So, um, so yeah, that I spend my time and my spare hours in the studio, basically distorting, <laughs> <laughs> just so I could get it just yeah, right. Brilliant. I, I need to understand the journey because it is trial and error. But um, yeah. I have put a blog post up about that, by the way, everyone on the blog um, about what, the beginning of my journey on that one. So, uh, so check it out. Yeah, so that's cool. where we're at. And, hey. and we should talk very briefly about Icing Magazine. Yeah. Um, our next episode is with Lynn Hilton, who has released this week a magazine on iTunes called Icing. Mm. I-S-I-N-G. Um, Facebook forward slash, Facebook.com forward slash Icing Mag is the uh, address. And uh, it is the only magazine for singers. The only one. And we write an article, don't we? Mm. Yeah, tons of tons of stuff in there. And as you say, if you're a singer, you're probably going to... It's like, you know, if you work out, you buy men's health. Yeah. If you... If, if you... Um, uh, what do you do? If you bake cakes, you buy good housekeeping. I'm sure it's more than that. Yeah, probably they do more than that, don't they? Those, those guys. I just didn't want to sound like a chauvinist. I think you probably... Like, I don't if think you do you a lot of dusting and stuff... Do you say you, did, get, you didn't want to sound like a... No, I don't. Is, is, is that coming out wrong? <laughs> Do you think there'll be backlash from this one? <laughs> Please send all complaints to... Uh, let's set up a special email address. I think we ought to, yeah. yeah. At, at chauvinist. At Women TMB. belong in the kitchen. <laughs> what are you saying? I, I definitely don't mean that. And that is... So... That's gone away, isn't it? Back to Lynn. <laughs> Back to the icing, Meg. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, we do we do an article in there about warming up. Um, Lynn is on the show next week to talk about um, vocalists as being athletes, essentially, or next time. But please go and check it out. We will put it in the show notes. It'll be on our Facebook page. But it is the only magazine um, electronically, electronically for singers. The only one. So you'd be mad not to get it. Mad. Mad. Um, so there we are. And, and if you like the show, obviously, please go to our podcast on iTunes, search The Naked Vocalist, please leave us a review, it helps us to be discovered. So, on into Ben. Well, here he is, the big guy, please uh, stay tuned right to the end, we've got some, he dishes out some, some great discounts at the end, but everything else before it is just really valuable, so please take a listen, hope you enjoy it. So with us we have Ben Maitland-Lewis, he has kindly agreed to come on our show to talk to us about all kind of things, artist, artist development. Um, he has a, a, a wonderful career, graduating from Berklee College of Music in the US, um, going on to be a, a director at Sony BMG Music Entertainment, also founding an award-winning artist management uh, company, and now the CEO of Press Kit, which is a, a very interesting organisation. Can you tell us a bit about that, Ben? 
absolutely. Uh, and thanks so much for that kind introduction. Uh, Prescott.to is, is a new initiative that we've been working on for a little uh, under two years now. And what it is, it's a, a multimedia portfolio web app that really allows musicians and artists of all different creative verticals to communicate more effectively and efficiently to members of the media or people that could advance their careers forward. Uh, and what we do is we really kind of took and we let off from where the current EPK market is and we really pushed it more with a mobile first mentality with a it needs to work everywhere mentality and making it built in HTML5 using Bootstrap framework. So it really works and is as dynamic as the artists that are using it. Great, because I guess all the people that are going to be looking at that material, I mean, I, how, I don't know how often I squiz at my phone, <laughs> mm. um, basically all day long. So, yeah, it's going to be really important that this stuff can be viewed on there. But, but, um, but yeah, tell us a bit about your history then. I've covered it really briefly, but what are some, what are some kind of interesting pieces from your background? Um, well, I mean, you know, I've been working around music and entertainment my entire life. I, I was fortunate where my father was a, like a jazz empresario is what he likes to talk about it. Uh, but he's very closely related to the Louis Armstrong Foundation and such. And my uncle is a, a classical conductor in Europe, uh, predominantly in Salzburg or Berlin and kind of all over the place there. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, so for a, a point in time in my life from about 11 to 14, I was in a traveling Bavarian circus called the Circus Chronik. And then from there, I moved to uh, Palm Springs, California with my parents and started going to an American school uh, for, for a little while, finished up high school in Palm Springs, joined marching bands, joined rock bands that ended up touring. We toured with uh, Incubus and Dishwalla and a few other bands. Um, and I got a scholarship to come and play drums at Berkeley and study business. And uh, I deferred it for a couple of years because I was touring. So I was already doing really what I wanted to be doing. And I was doing a lot of the marketing and business around the music naturally because as a drummer um you know i was very good at arrangement but i really wasn't good at you know writing lyrics or melody lines and such so i really while that was happening i would typically take care of all the business and it just kind of morphed into a, a, a lifelong career and then I, I started coming to berkeley in boston uh and then that same semester as soon as i decided to stay at berkeley i immediately wrote to all the record label heads in Los Angeles and New York, said, hey, I want to work with you, I want to work with you, and through luck and good fortune and a, a few schmoozing calls and a flight out to Los Angeles, I ended up getting an internship with the president of A&R at Columbia Records starting my second semester at Berkeley. And so that kind of continued on where I worked. So that was an eight-year relationship with Sony um, that I did simultaneously to go to school as well as running that artist development and management company that you spoke about. And... Um, just working in different um, kind of verticals around the creative space. Um, I really like being a connector. So if I can work over here and that allows me to add value to some of my friends over there, then I really like connecting people. And that's allowed me to stay alive in this industry for so long, you know? Wow. I mean, Ben, for me, I mean, that's a very fulfilling life so far. The one thing that jumped out at me in that whole, <laughs> that whole story, though, and that was a circus, what do you, do you think you were, you don't hear that every day? What was so that way, about? The way that that came about in just a, you know thirty second spiel is, is you know I um I uh, Europe I mean as you you know is very open to you know Renaissance and fairs and festivals and a lot of really fun things you know and just as a child being there you know going to a German school I made friends you know very closely I'd always take the train I'd grab my skateboard and go into Munich you know on the weekends and skate around town eleven years old so eleven twelve. <laughs> 
And, you know, and in order to make some money, I, uh, I learned how to juggle and started juggling a million clubs. And then that turned into being able to juggle with the Diablos and devil sticks and, you know, clubs and, you know, unicycle and whatever. And then I started making juggling balls and selling them. And then, you know, when that circus came around one day, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I went to them and I was like, hey, I can do this. And they're like, well, have you ever juggled fire? And I was like, yes. And I had never done it. <laughs> <laughs> And so I went up on the stage and did it, and it was like a, a huge riot. It was like this 11-year-old kid dressed as Charlie Chaplin, like, juggling fire. And then, you know, and then I, they, I had to do, like, you know, these passing of the balls and stuff, like, you know, between two jugglers, like, kind of back and forth. And they tried to have me explain it in German to the audience. At that point in time, my German wasn't as fluent as it is now. And so I really butchered it, but it was hilarious. And so they asked me to, and they invited me to keep coming, you know, and that kind of turned into a... A few years as well. Good lord! I tell you what, I would be ha- if the, if the interview ended now, I'd be happy. And you, know, you know what, Ben? Ben, Ben, I know I know someone who could make um, uh, a documentary about your life. I think we could we could probably oh, put this into film. That would be great. I mean, I, I, I'm not there yet. You know, I haven't I haven't nearly accomplished what I'm out to accomplish yet. So as soon as that happens, then I, I think I'd be open to having a, a movie or something because. It is a bit interesting, and some of the stories that I've been through have been interesting. But I'm, I'm I, my thirst is not yet quenched, my man. I got, I got to keep <laughs> yeah, there's still plenty of stuff going on, all ready to go. Yeah, it's so, uh, so we, we'd love to talk to you more about about the industry. Yeah. Um, I'm sure our listeners are really, really keen to um, to hear your viewpoint and stuff. What what kind of things are you looking at, Steve? Yeah, I mean, we've. Um to get yeah, to get onto what we're actually here for, we we spent a, a couple of weeks in Hollywood recently, and we saw a lot of traits and themes going through the weekend about you know how people succeed in the industry. But with with all of your experience, and you know you must have come across some many many artists in your time. Is there anything in there that you see as traits that are a kind of trend or running theme amongst those guys for the people that succeed? Well. I do, actually. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to organization and the ability to um, delegate um, and the ability to invite people into the world that you're trying to create and not be so selfish and closed about it, you know? I think that's a really crucial piece because a lot of people, um, specifically in music, actually, could, could very well be not introverted, but very protective over their creative content, you know? Um, and I think one really great thing that really helps people propel their careers forward today's age is how they can collaborate with other people and add value to other people's lives and initiatives. And that, that community kind of activity will ultimately raise up everybody because if one person does better than the other person, that doesn't matter. That's still raising up everybody else's sort of proof around him because they're in the same network and then it'll be somebody else's turn and that other person will raise everybody else up. But it really comes down to adding value. And I've seen a lot of great, great things happen recently. I mean, they're all different, you know, so it really kind of depends on the approach. It depends on the, the, the uh, demographic and, and the vertical that you're focusing in. And I mean, so strategies of really kind of really setting yourself up as a classical musician are very different than setting yourself up as a, an indie band, you know, as an example. Um, but things that I've seen work nowadays is really harnessing social media to connect with your fans in a way that they feel very connected to you and they feel like they want to invest in you simply for the fact that they love and support what you're doing. That's crucial. Um, but often from where I sit in my chair, I'm, I'm much more concerned about how artists can effectively communicate what they're trying to do to the intermediaries, to the 
managers, the agents, the uh, the publicists, the bloggers, the brand managers. Like, who are the people that are actually affecting the backbone of the artist's uh, career? Um, you know, because I, I think those people should stay out of the way of being in between the fan and the artist. But it's up to the artist as well now to play both sides and to be able to communicate with the fan one specific way and then be able to communicate B2B another specific way. And, and that's really where we've set our sights on at the current moment, for sure, which I think is crucial in today's age because I get emails. As an example, what doesn't work? I get emails with about seven different links in them and five attachments that say, hey, what's up? You know, you should check out this video here, and then, you know, da-da-da-da, and then follow me here, and then listen to this Twitter here, whatever it is. It doesn't, you know, and you're there sending me on this Easter egg hunt around the Internet. They're asking me to spend all this time to, like, dig through everything only so that I can put together a little pitch to send it to somebody that I'm trying to connect them with without losing my credibility. And I think that's crucial, you know, and that's um, what needs improvement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that first point you make, actually, about... Um how people need to have a bit more community uh, in the singing world. I mean, that's that really transpires down into so many different industries. Even I mean, as us as singing teachers, singing teachers often are or used to be quite quite independent and wary of other singing teachers. But mm -hmm. I think that you know um, the, that world is certainly moving towards the the sort of synergistic effects of groups of teachers who are willing to you know share experiences and successes. Um, and raise each other's profiles. Even in the fitness industry with trainers and stuff, it's sort of going that way. So, so it's interesting that you say that. I think maybe the whole world isn't, um, and the industries in it are actually moving towards that, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, let's hope. Um, and because, I mean, you know, that's just the whole mentality of just, you know, everybody rises together. And, uh, you know, so where we're also going, we're, we are trying to experiment with that also with Prescott.to. Um, we're going to be releasing a new V2 of our software groups uh, and, and um, organizations and opportunities, which really would allow different influencers, let's say even just yourselves, the two of you guys as vocal coaches, to be able to be the mentors and influencers within this circle that you create of other vocalists. Uh, around you that are that are either your your students, your pupils, or, or perhaps just your other people, other fellow singers that you collaborate with, could all be within this similar circle, and you guys could communicate with each other as well as be able to push off opportunities with each other, and you know that kind of a thing. So really, well, it has a social aspect, them. then, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Not so much like social media aspect, but absolutely the social aspect. Because for me, I mean, let's think about it. If somebody calls me and they're like, Ben, I need a vocalist, you know, that has this kind of a timbre and, you know, can really crush it, you know, in a couple of sessions, you know, or whatever it is. I, typically, I first go through my own personal Rolodex in my head of, like, who do I know? And then, you know, if I, the easier it is for me to take that person's information and push it off to that next person, the higher the chances are that my friend's going to get that gig. You know, and it's really about being more efficient with how you present yourself these days, because nowadays, even if you're a singer, you know, you might also be doing other things in the creative space. And so artists today are, are definitely spinning a lot of plates. And I think what's important for us to do is to be able to hyper-focus how we position ourselves and how we present ourselves so that we stand the greatest chance of scoring that next meeting or interview or audition or gig, you know. Um, and so we've seen it in the classical world where um, one of our students in Los Angeles um, is a classical composer. 
and she she created a kit specifically based all around just herself as a composer, hyper focused, you know. And then she created another kit around her as a French hornist because that's her primary instrument, and she's quite you know accomplished in that. And so depending on what opportunity is being presented to herself at that time or anything, she can just very quickly communicate that specific marketable talent to that person, saving that person time. And ultimately then she scored way more gigs out of it and opportunities and contracts because she's not asking them to do the work. She's in control of what they see, hear, and read. And in a B2B space, that's absolutely, as an artist, that's, that's so important. Right, yeah. yeah I, I love that, Ben. I mean, from what I'm hearing from you there, I mean... What you spoke about to begin with was more about the the personality of of the artist, but that really does go on to what you're creating as in these tools that are helping artists become more open with their music because I love what you said about artists actually from from the from the bottom up they need to become more open um, and that's one of these traits because in, in at the retreat that we're at in uh, in Hollywood I remember I think it's Alison Hamamura the A uh, and R girl she was like. Um, you need to be okay with people hearing your music for free. You know, and that is one of the points you made based on we cannot be protective over this stuff. And so it seems like what, what you're doing is kind of opening out people's mentality and to get, if, 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 if your vision is to share and be creative and, and for people to hear your music, then it, people need to hear it. Yeah, and let it, let it cross-pollinate out onto yeah. the channels you would normally keep it away from. Mm. I completely agree with you guys, and it and it really is also understanding, um, you know, by be, allowing yourself to be vulnerable like that and pushing yourself out, and you know, in terms of what you just said, uh, and it, it really opens up the ability to you to self critique and really find the true audience that maybe uh, you haven't yet discovered, mm. you know, um, because there are some incredible songwriters that. I, I don't see inch forward in where they're going because they're trying to be a performer, but they're really just not a performer. They should focus on licensing their music to the performer, and then they'll be able to create a good living that way and be able to stay in this industry. You know, there's so many of my friends that I've seen that I constantly try to coach uh, throughout my career, and that's actually one of the reasons why I got out of management, because when I was in management, even though we were doing incredibly well, I, I was really only managing the, the, the artists that I had under contract. Um, and, and that, to me, was, was a little limiting. And, and so that's, you know, when we created, when we went into software and creating the tools that became like, you know, these additional things that allowed artists to advance their careers. Now I'm helping out a global community of artists, and that's much more fulfilling for me. And now I can continue to coach, but not in this, like, you know, gavel managerial way, but much more of like, guys, these are lessons learned. This is what we're discovering. You know, these are things that you should be paying attention of as you're moving into this new music landscape because the, 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 the rules have changed and they're all being rewritten right now. And so you really, the more you are engaged and present to what is happening, you're, you're going to be able to survive through this and actually create a living in, in, in whatever you're looking for. Absolutely, yeah. That's yeah. A, that is a really interesting point. Yeah, that some people may just need to get over the fact that yeah, what what they're concentrating on might not necessarily be their most appropriate application, mm. and to not be offended when someone says, "Hey, do you know what? Your songs are really great. They're just not they're just not for today's market. They may be for this market or something else." You know. Exactly, and you know. 
we have a global market. And, you know, I just came back from speaking at Medem, and I, I gave a whole hour-long talk um, on effective B2B communication in a direct-to-fan economy. And I really talked a lot on that, you know, and it was very important. But one thing that Medem really helped me with, um, and this is coming from a guy who's, you know, lived abroad for many years of his life, it reminded me of how big the global music economy is. And so, granted, you know, the U.S. commercial music market makes up a whole bunch of the revenues in the actual, you know, industry. That's fine. And if you can make it in America, you kind of make it around the globe. That's fine. But it's really difficult in the States. Whereas everywhere else, including England and Brazil, you know, in South of Brazil, there's a huge developing market in South, you know, in South America, um, Finland, Netherlands, I mean, uh, Japan, China, I mean, all these giant, giant music consumers that are still paying for a lot of music, you know, where there's a lot of artists and a lot of singers and a lot of songwriters that are making incredible live living mm -hmm. and uh, by licensing their music and selling their music abroad and outside of the United States. It's, it's a very different um, market. And I think that also comes down to the importance of just being engaged, like I was saying earlier, is so that you kind of begin to understand and see trends in music, where it is right now, who's paying for it, how is it being paid for, is it video games, is it television broadcasts, is it web series, is it, is it Spotify, because, you know, it's really not, I mean, we could get into that, but that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> you know, there are, you know, there are all these different things, so um, I think it's important to be able to realize exactly um, who your music hits, and then how they like to consume it, and then go that route. Awesome. Hey, that's that's yeah, some great it. stuff, man. So, so thinking about people who are looking into your artist development side, and, and us just coming back from an artist development type affair, um, for people out there who are considering an artist development program, what advice would you give them to make sure they choose the right ones? You know, certainly as a vocal coach, I've heard I've heard some stories about certain programs that sound even on a high level, kind of unsavory. So mm. what, what do the bona fide ones kind of look like? Well, what do, what do you mean by artist development? Um, what, what, what did you say? It wasn't software, was it? What was it? No, no, it's, it's, more, it's more down that, that sort of situation where, um, uh, like, for instance, aspiring artists who write music would maybe go somewhere to a venue where they have, like, studios and such, and uh, they would work with the the engineers and the songwriters and some of the some of the people who are more business minded to to basically put them together an entire package um, of songs and image mm. photos and everything and then ma oh. market them to the mu music industry. Oh, okay. Poof. Well, you know, I, I've personally never participated in any of those, and nor have I ever had any of my artists participate in any of those. So I can't speak to those one hundred percent. Um, with knowledge, but I can tell you from looking at other industries that I've seen that happening in, particularly film and modeling, is that a lot of those are scams. Um, and it's just a way for them to get a whole bunch of money from them up front and then, you know, kind of pitch them later on down the road. Uh, but that being said, that doesn't mean that there's some really, really good companies out there that do that efficiently. You know, there's A&R Worldwide, which is a company that does that incredibly well. Um, you know, there's a few other incubator kind of programs that are happening. I know that uh, an acquaintance of mine, Matt Galley, who works at Paradigm Agency um, and also owns Photo Finish Records and is just an awesome music industry mogul, um, puts together sometimes these songwriting circles at his apartment in Brooklyn um, and, you know, with producers and songwriters and vocalists and 
basically pushes out 25 or so songs in a week that they then try to license to TV, film, and advertising agencies. You know, I mean, that's real revenue. I mean, and, and so if you can get into places like that, that's, I'd say, a great step forward. Um, but, you know, I think it also starts with how are you presenting yourself as an artist and to who, um, and um, what is it that you're actually looking for, and ask for it, because it's busy, you know, it's a very busy industry, and, you know, we're constantly checking our emails or checking text messages and all these various things, and, and we're always on the go, um, that the more you can save us time and, and have a clear vision of what you're, it is that you're looking for, uh, the better your chances are of actually getting what you need, you know? Awesome. I'd just like to pick up a slightly different, a slightly different take on that question, Ben, if I could. The um, in terms of, there are a lot of people, a lot of singers in the world that are looking to get that break. They look and and they and they, you know, they're doing their thing on YouTube and they're they're writing some songs. And I mean, from what I'm, from what I understand, you know, there are a lot of people on the other side of things that will see that as an opportunity, and possibly, um, you know, and and. and in reality, this is where the contracts come out, where it's like, I will take 20% from everything you're doing for the next however many years, and we'll get you into into record this song, or, and I've seen this happen a lot, I don't know if it happens in the USA, but in, in the UK, it's, it's happened a lot with, with some of the things that I know, they get kind of jumped on. Now, how would you, how would you analyse exactly what's a good decision, you know, if that if that person's worth going with, I mean, is it the if they got a good um, biography or have they worked with some good clients or? Yeah, yeah, okay, you know? that's a good question. I, I know where you are. I'll tell you what I'd look at immediately because this does happen quite a bit. So I'd say first and foremost, it's, I, I would look the, look up this person and see if he has any clout. What is his clout? What's his social proof? Who's who's he connected to? What are his accomplishments? You know, what are, what, honestly, like, why should I care? You know, if, if, if it's Dr. Dre that's coming up and saying, you all want to work with your vocalist, I'd be like, okay, no problem. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, but if it's like, you know, somebody else that I don't know, I, I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm really going to dig deep and I'm going to be like, what's this guy going to do for me? And, you know, he might have had, you know, experience. He might have won an Oscar or a Grammy in the 70s. And he's still claiming, you know, rain on that. You know, is he tapped into my market? Does he actually know and have the right connections to get me forward? And does he know who I am and who I'm trying to be? I can't tell you how many people, you know, my girlfriend is an actress in, in Boston. And, you know, and she also is a headshot photographer. And she runs this networking group for actors that are about 7,500 people or more. And, you know, she's constantly dealing with that as well, where people are trying to throw these workshops or all these various things, or they just throw up a sign saying, like, hey, I'm a big mastering agency. And you really need to, to look, because nowadays with the access to the te- te- technology that we have and all the various things of do, do-it-yourself software, you know, anybody can be an expert right away. And so it's more, nowadays, more than anything, it's more important to really measure that social proof. What if that person, what are those person's accomplishments? And, you know, possibly there might even be some people that I'm already connected with that know him or have worked with that person that I could ask references for. But, you know, the industry is changing so rapidly right now that it's very difficult to get into like an institutionalized contract with anybody. I'd say the people that are winning right now are the people that are in control of their own um, 
brand and how they want that position to be communicated, people that are, are taking lessons outside of, you know, the general lessons. So you guys with your vocal coaching lessons, us with the Meister Training Actors Workshop kind of lessons, um, you know, that kind of stuff is important to be able to perfect and improve your craft because in today's industry, it is so important for you to master your craft and be very different and individual and create your own voice and then just understand how to harness technology both on a direct-to-fan sense and in a B2B sense. And then I think then you're going to be on a winning track as long as you're open to collaborate. You'll be, you'll be good. That's an, that's an awesome answer. Mm. Put, putting the independence back on the artist, they're, they're in control of their own destinies more so now than ever is what you're saying, right? That's exactly what I'm saying. And, you know, the truth is, is that there's so many different avenues for distribution these days and networking and marketing that really it's, it's, it's overcrowded. So what's really going to set you apart from the rest is really mastering your craft and mastering how you communicate B2B. That's going to get you ahead every time. If it's not going to get you ahead with fans, it'll at least get you ahead long enough until you discover your sound because you'll be able to work with other people that will keep you going, like brands. You know, as an example, you know, us as a little startup, we raised $30,000 from uh, Shore Microphone and Magner's Irish Cider to go test our product at South by Southwest. You know, there are opportunities where brands really want to tap into the lifestyle that artists are creating, and if you frame it correctly, you'll be able to stay in the game long enough to both find your sound and really establish yourself as an artist. That's a really interesting yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that must be yeah quite a train of thought for someone who's never thought about that before. Yeah, but it's 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 relevant. I mean, very quickly, I just want to give you guys a couple snapshots of mobile penetration rates in the world, right? So, in terms of global internet penetration, we have thirty five percent, which means that thirty five percent of the global population is connected on a laptop. But the big staggering number here is that 93% of the global population are connected through a mobile device. So that's 93% of the entire globe is connected in a mobile device. And in Europe, in Western Europe, where you guys are, we've got 78% of Western Europe is connected um, via the Internet, but 129% are connected via mobile devices. So that's more than a third of the entire population of Western Europe is connecting and doing business and transactions on a mobile device, which means that portfolios and tools that you're using to present yourself and pitch yourself in a business format need to be able to look beautiful no matter what device somebody is looking at them, you know, in or through. Right on. Absolutely. And mostly mobile phones. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what we do with that's what we do with Pretzky.to because that's why it's 100% mobile and, and HTML5 and, and, and it just works everywhere without anything to download. And that's, again, two more quick stats is that uh, per day, 2 million blog posts are posted, 532 million Facebook posts are posted, and 864,000 hours of video is posted to YouTube every day. Every day. So, again, that is what you're competing against. Um, and so what's going to make you stand out from that is just to be creative, be yourself, and just just fucking live life to the full. And people <laughs> want to follow. 
damn right, man. <laughs> and that's that's really that's really that's a, I love the answer. I mean, it's it comes back to the living again. It comes back to passion. But you mentioned there that um, it's about being creative. You've got you've got to be unique and different. But you know, in the future, where do you see all this going? I mean, all these stats about YouTube hits and uh, uploads and um, blog posts being being posted. Where do you do you see it continuing in that vein? And we've just got to be be more unique in order to make it make it uh, make it happen for us or where do you see it heading Ben? Uh, well that's a, I mean that's a loaded question but I mean the truth really is like you know streaming is going to be king um streaming is definitely going to take over uh it already has to some extent but not really um and it's just gonna be what is happening so streaming is where everything is going to be going so we again we need to kind of figure out exactly how we want to present ourselves in different channels um, because that's going to be important. And I think ultimately the most important tool is going to be just cultivating and growing your own personal fan base. And then from there you can interject anything you want in the mix. And if they support you, you'll have customers, you know, you'll have, you'll have, uh, fans and that'll help. Um, but it starts grassroots. And, you know, one thing, if I could just give a quick one, two, three thing, it starts right away just with presenting yourself online very friendly and open and willing to connect with people. It goes into having materials with you at all times in your pocket, like a double-sided business card, you know, with or without your photo on it of your, you know, your face. My girlfriend, Erica, would, would tell me that it needs to be with your face because she's a headshot photographer and an actress and it's totally effective. Uh, but for some artists, maybe you want to have, you know, your band's photo or logo or whatever, but just make sure that you've got your own business cards with you at all times and then that one link that you send to that person should be something that is just very clean and effective and just gives them all the information right away um and you know like a prescott.to or a website that's just clean that doesn't that isn't loaded with a whole bunch of you know social media you know clutter um and then participate in things and try to connect people with people i mean if you're if you're helping other people eventually you know it'll come back to you and and, you know, the friends that I made in college or even years ago that were just acquaintances that were cool, but, you know, we were nice to each other and helped each other out, no big deal, nobody was ever expecting anything, have now become some of my closest friends and customers, you know, five, eight years down the road, you know, just just because we were cordial to each other. You know, it's a small industry, so the nicer you are to people, the more people want to work with you, and that'll always keep you employed. Oh, totally, man. Mm. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's there's some great content in there, and, and obviously we spoke a bit about Press Kit, your company, um, and how that sort of facilitates this process of B two B communication, and how that can help um, artists. But can you give anyone who's considering um, a press kit out there, or even just doesn't know really what one is, can you can you give us a high level of of what a press kit is, what the most important functionality? Is is in it, and um, and what somebody can sort of expect to pay for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, just uh, in terms of a quick history, the press kit uh, press kit's been around for God, I don't even know how long. You know what I mean? <laughs> Century. You know, whatever. Anytime anybody's been pitching any type of media uh, to anybody, that's uh, been in the form of a press kit, and that eventually then turned digital in two thousand and two uh, with the invention of Sonic Bids from Panos Panay. And he also helped introduce the subscription billing into the music industry, which was a really big speed at the time because nobody was putting their credit card online, let alone for a music piece of software. And then what's happening is, is that the, the, 
everything's become cluttered. Now there's thousands of apps, you know, there's links everywhere, there's SoundCloud, YouTube, Vimeo, da 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 da, da. But there really lacked uh, a place to be able to consolidate all of that effectively and be able to pitch it to somebody in a clean manner that also made it easy for that person, if they felt they had a connection, to pass that on to somebody else. And so we came up with Prescott.to as a way to answer that. And what it does is very simply for you guys, for individuals, it's either 2 or $5 a month to have up to three Prescott's. Uh, you very simply, you just throw in all of the best media relevant to a specific project, tour, release, initiative um, into this. And it just neatly organizes them. So you, we sync with SoundCloud. We drop in a, a link to YouTube or Vimeo. We sync with Songkick for tour dates. Uh, you can have a spotlight media at the top, and so this allows you to very at the top have your reel if you're an actress, have perhaps one of your best recitals if you're a vocalist, you know, have your latest music video, or just have a, a, a painting, you know, that you've put up there. Um, and that allows you then to communicate that, and then that allows you to diminish all of those links and attachments in that email and just leave the one, which is, you know, press kit to naked vocalists. Um, would be that. So it'd be like, hey, check out the press kit to make a list for all of the information that you're looking to get, you know? And that's how it works. It's nice. It works in the context of the paragraph. It's not a long, drawn-out, numeric thing, and it doesn't associate what you're doing with another brand. You're just associating yourself with the media that you're sending. It's a press kit. I mean, come on. How bland can you go? It's a press kit to make a vocalist. Mm-hmm. But the best part is, is that you can now bookmark it to your phone as an app, you can install it into Facebook, so now people can go on their Facebook page because they do all the time anyway. You might as well give them the best info there. They click on the tab, and it's your entire press kit in its entirety without being uh, minimalized. You can also embed it and install it into websites. Um, so really the point is here is that it works everywhere, um, and then you can just create a couple for your different verticals to keep in your pocket. So it's far superior than any of the other press kits out there <clears throat> in terms of its deliverable, in terms of its mobile functionality, in terms of its third-party integrations, and in terms of a lot of the clients that we use. We built a talent asset management solution piece on top of that we licensed to Capital Record Group, uh, to Caroline Music Distribution, to Tommy Boy, and that allows them to manage all of their artists or label partners under a single login dashboard, which is really powerful because now we're organizing people from the top down and from the bottom up because in the end, the artists are the ones with the bookmarked kit on their phones. It's just that the labels or their management companies or agencies or publicity companies are the ones that can help them manage the media and keep it up to date while sending the same link out in their press releases and sponsorship packages. It's really, it's truly, truly amazing. And we, we rolled out something with Berkeley College of Music that have really allowed them to up their game in terms of alumni engagement. They now have a database that's searchable of their global body of alumni. They now know like what their accomplishments are, what are the better majors for employment in different markets so they can create and really provide value to students before they graduate by giving them a real career trajectory path because of data. Like it's awesome what we're doing with a press kit, you know? It's just really the press kit is the the the, the end deliverable. It's 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 really the stuff behind it that we're really taking into the 21st century and just crushing anybody that's come before us. And it's really exciting. It does. Is, yeah, I mean, you, you can hear your excitement and passion for it, Ben. It's amazing. But um, the in terms of if somebody doesn't know anything about this side of the industry, and, and they might be a little bit kind of hesitant in, in, in t- you said we're pushing forward 21st century. Somebody, hypothetically, there's a, a, a really great singer-songwriter, she's doing, um, she's got some great songs out there, and she gets approached by an A&R person, um, Sony BMG, and they say, I need to see more of your stuff. 
could she f- feel confident in sending her press kit to that person? Would they expect to see it in that form at this stage? Or great it question. To- great, great question. And the answer is yes, absolutely. Immediately, they would look at that singer-songwriter as being pro because she's communicating very short, succinct, to the point, and gives them everything that they need, you know? Um, what, what she shouldn't be doing is sending them a bunch of songs attached to an email with a bunch of other documents and links to all of her social accounts. It needs to be very succinct and tight, you know? And this is a professional tool that the majors are using, um, you know, but we're just keeping it at a very affordable price point for artists because it needs to be both sides. You know, we need to introduce efficiency into the major label industry side that's been using like the same kind of, you know, 97 FTP format boulder structure. And we need to educate artists of today that you don't pitch yourself directly, you know, through Twitter or Facebook. You can start the conversation through Twitter and Facebook, but then when you need to start delivering content, like you, you, you meet over Facebook or you meet over Twitter and then they're like, awesome, this is great. Send me your reel, send me your stuff. If you send them one link that is all of that relevant stuff, you're going to win. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, after we've, we've seen the software and then your um, uh, colleague Aiden um, kindly demoed, uh, demoed it for us um, more in depth. And even you can see the relevance um, for uh, even singers that are working singers that are busy doing maybe functions or casuals or parties or whatever. If they are, you know, working regularly each week, that's even a way to consolidate their material and their testimonials and videos because we spoke we've spoken a lot about presenting it to um uh, to record companies and and that kind of industry but really even even the guy who books the band at the pub doesn't want to sift through a load of crap as well this that that, exactly. that pack it's is actually relevant everybody. to everyone yeah it's really everybody and so i'm really looking at the press kit as a digital business card and that's really the currency that we're dealing with here. They're just these little digital business cards that we fling out to the right people at the right time and it has all the right information on it. And then we can also track that. We can make stuff private. You know, we can have stuff expire, you know, for, for security reasons. I mean, you know, we're really moving in that direction. Um, you know, and I'd love to be able to offer up all of your, you know, naked vocalist users 15% off all of our services. If, you know, if you're interested, all they need to do is, if they go to preska.to, they just put in a promo code naked vocalist and they'll get 50% off all of our services and products. Wow. That, that would be absolutely terrific. And so I would, yeah, urge anyone hearing that to, to, to take that up. I really would. And just, just to, on that point, though, there, Ben, um, just very quickly, I know, I know we've got a shoot, but, um, I mean, in terms of the actual press kit itself, I'm, I'm sure there's some people sat at home thinking, well, yeah, go and hit me with it and how much does it cost? You know, and before before you go into that, uh, the the other services that you offer, I think, are really great. Um, after Aiden spoke to us about them, I think, especially for busy musicians, because you've got some some services on the side for people that may not be able to update their um, press kit so often, so that they can send some information through to your team, and and that can be sorted that way. Is that correct? And even bio writing as well. Exactly. That's absolutely correct. Because for us, we really believe it's important to build a pitch-ready press kit. And that includes having a nice and synced bio that's written very well and punchy. Uh, it means also having a good logo or graphic design. I mean, you know, anything that we can help with, uh, you know, we're all experts in that field. So we're, we're happy to help. And so um, the, 
how it all costs. I mean, if any, if any of you guys just go to presskit.to, uh, you'll click on creators, and it's uh, it's two or five dollars a month. Five dollars gets you three press kits with everything uh, per month, and with your fifty percent discount, I think that dropped it down to three dollars and fifty cents U.S. dollar per month. Um, so, you know, please take advantage of that. And then, likewise, with the services, the one sheet, the bio, um, logo design. Uh, even um, consulting, uh, I do side consulting through the website as well. That also is 15% off using the Naked Vocalist uh, promo code. Incredible. Great stuff. Incredible. Things, so much to take advantage of there. Um, just in case anybody would like to contact you about Press Kit or reach out to Please. you in, in general, it, what, what, what are your channels for that? Yeah, absolutely. I, Highly encourage people to, to communicate with me all the time. I love meeting new people, new artists around the world, and helping each other uh, do what we need to do uh, to survive in this industry. But uh, my email is ben at presskit.to. Um, my Twitter handle is just Maitland Lewis, so that's M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D-L-E-W-I-S. Um, and our Twitter handle at presskit.to is at presskit.to. Um, and yeah, there, there it is, Bob's your uncle. Great, and we will put all those in the show notes so that if anybody didn't get a chance to write those down, um, they can go in the show notes and check it out. But also, I'd like to add, you're a bloody nice bloke, so... <laughs> Thanks, I really appreciate that. I mean, I hope that one of these days I'll be out by you guys and grab a couple of pints. Oh man, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just basically just have an excuse to make a trip to America. Yep. You know, where are you, are you based on you in Texas? I'm, I'm a better you're in Boston, uh, aren't you? Well, I'm in, yeah, I'm in Boston, which you'll actually love because it's a, it's an awesome city, and I know this city better than most of the tour guides around here, which is awesome, just because it's so much so rich in history, you know, between the Brits and the Yanks and everything. Oh, it's awesome. And mm. uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not in Texas this week, unfortunately, because of my knee. Uh, but uh, Aiden is there, so we're, we are holding it down. We have a few uh, showcases that we sponsored and produced, and um, we're just looking to. Keep growing, my man. Man, well, uh, do you do you do you perchance get any discounts still at the Bavarian Circus, just in case we're we're there? <laughs> the Circus Kronik, yeah, that's right. Actually, no, I haven't spoken to them in years. Um, <laughs> For shame. Actually, You've burnt that bridge, have you? Yeah, I might have to reach out to them and kind of sell them on Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> just to get yourself back in the juggling game. Why not, hey? Hey, thank you so much for your time, Ben. We've we've been uh, truly honoured by your experience right. and um, and your knowledge. And uh, and uh, yeah, thank you for sharing all that with our listeners. No, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. And um, I'll keep following you guys and what you're doing with the school and and the podcast. And let me know if there's anything we can do to help support. Right on. Wonderful. Right, Take care. Gentlemen. Look after yourself. Have a wonderful day. So there it is. There's Ben. He is a character with so much experience. I hope you got something from that. And, uh, yeah, please get along to the show notes to take advantage of, uh, of reading back that information so you can soak it in some more. Obviously, all those discounts apply to you, and they will be very useful for you in the future. Um, what are we going to wrap the show up with today, then? Well, this is something very special. Pick of the week this week. We have an awesome video. I don't know if you're aware, but the... There's been some celebrities that recorded a song as the official England song for this year's World Cup. Greatest day, Greatest right? day, yeah. Uh, you know, think of it what you will. But this, we've got a different version of this song this week. 
better, is it? Air quotes. Right, can't see it. The guy is called Rapper Ned, and he's kind of collab with one of my students, Aiden. Um, this is a project that I just, I is mean... Is he from Alabama, with a name like that? <laughs> what, Aiden? Rapper Ned. Oh, um, yeah, Rapper Ned. He's the UK's freshest rapper, as far as his Facebook page is concerned. <laughs> Only got 90 likes at the moment, though, so I don't know what that means. Um, guys... I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what this is, really. Uh, it's, it's worth... What intro! <laughs> <laughs> oh. What do you think of it? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather not pass comment. I think we should just let people listen to it. Make your own minds up. And then let us, him or us, know. Tonight this could be The greatest night of our lives Let's make a new start The future is ours to find Can you see it? Can you see it in my eyes? Can you feel it now? Right. So, what do you think about that? If you want to listen to it again... YouTube, Rapper Ned, Official England or Rapper Ned, Greatest Day, you'll find it. We'll put it on the show notes as we well. Will. Let's, I mean, imagine if it did go viral, this. Spread across the I, world. To be honest, I, I mean, this is, I mean, it, you know, I love, I actually do really like this. I think it's well funny. And the funniest bit for me, if, if, if you can listen all the way through, the note that he holds. <laughs> <laughs> it is. While spinning around. It's so strange. <laughs> Yeah, strained and strange. And strange, but it does last. I haven't heard a note that long in a long time. Mm. That guy can hold it. <laughs> it was about 23 seconds. It was impressive. It was impressive. So go ahead over that if you want to just, you know, brighten up your day or, you know, make it strange. Right on. So that's it us for this week. Please stick around for next time when we're going to be interviewing Lynn Hilton and Icing Magazine. For this week... We'd love a review. iTunes, you know what to do. Go and click five star and write something. And let us know if you fancy having Lee on for an episode. Have a brilliant couple of weeks. Enjoy the sunshine. It's got to happen this week. Yeah. Take it easy. See you later.